Super Talk Mississippi media production. What's the key to discovering delectable dining? Find something that sizzles. A time-tested favorite. A feast for your eyes and palate. And a dining experience handled with care. In Vicksburg, the key to the South. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. With Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of On3 Sports. Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at taylorconstructionequipment.com or call 662-446-1048. Now get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Thursday morning. Thursday morning. I had to think about that for a second. Thanks for joining us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. Be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Allentown. It would be a little weird. Well, we're brewing here in Allentown. Billy Joel write a song for him? Yeah, he could. I prefer the uh, the, the Hangover 2 version of that. Yes, that and was a good one. he's driven our lives into the ground. I can't, re- I can't do any more of that song. But <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, wherever you are in our great state, you can enjoy Strange Brew Coffee each and every morning. It's just a click away at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Don't forget, every every sip of Strange Brew Coffee provides a little extra for the Bulldog Initiative. As does our next uh, client, our friends over at Pip Printing and Signs, who want to remind you that you know we, we've been talking about all their great printing stuff that they do over there. They do signage as well, you know. When you're, if you're a, a business owner, you know the the sign is what draws people in. And if you don't have great signage in front of your business, it's it's difficult to get people to come in the front door. So let the good folks at Pip Printing and Signs help you out with that. Whatever kind of money you're already spending on printing and on advertising, Pip Printing and Signs can make that a much better investment for you. And of course, when you mention that you heard about them on Thunder and Lightning, that's going to be a ten percent. Purchase 10% of your purchase goes right back to the Bulldog Initiative in your name. Uh, we, we talked to our friend Camden Baker today. He said some of you guys are already taking advantage of this. Guys, this is money your business is already spending. So why don't you spend it with PIP Printing and Signs and help out the Bulldog Initiative at the same time? You can call Camden at 601-499-5216, or you can visit them online, pipridgeland.com. When you need signage, call PIP PIP today. I think we can make this work. I think I think we got something with this. It's going to work. It's going to work. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you're looking for. We're getting closer and closer to the start of baseball season. You need a new pullover. It's going to be bitter cold at that first game, just because it always is. So why not get a brand new M over S pullover from the good folks over at College Corner. Two locations in the Jackson area to serve you. Ridgeland by Fleet Feet, Flowwood by the Half Shell. You can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. There was a great tragedy today. I was I was told yesterday 
that we were going to go to restaurant Tyler with me and you and Big Daddy. I've been look. I was really looking forward to that. And then we got screwed by another company who I won't mention. I don't because you never know. They might they might end up doing business with us down the road. It was a rental. It was a, it was a saying, rental company. I'm just saying that. I, w- I wanted to go eat at restaurant Tyler Day with Big Daddy, and that was taken. Believe me, that there was no one more angry and disappointed than me. I don't know. I think that Big Daddy might have been the most disappointed. It, my mom was actually going to come with us. Oh, she was actually the most disappointed, I believe. Oh. Yep, it's it was a tragedy. I'm not going to lie to you. It was a tragedy. We, we, we need to make that up soon. We need to take Big Daddy to restaurant Tyler. Get us some fried catfish, get us some fried chicken, some cheese grits, some mac and cheese, some butter beans, some greens. We need to get it all. And Big Daddy and I will take it down. That's what needs to happen. When you want to get lunch in the city of Starkville, the best lunch in town, the best blue plate in town is at Restaurant Tyler. 16 Priority One Bank locations throughout central Mississippi here to serve you. The PriorityOneBank.com be your guide to find the location nearest you. We talk about it all the time, eating locally and shopping locally. It's just as important to bank locally. It's what builds a strong community here in our great state. If you live in central Mississippi, there's a location near you. Let them put their financial services to work for you and your family. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. Mississippi State, uh, as we you know, as we uh, we can't tell you right now, but they did play Tennessee in the Humphrey Coliseum on Wednesday night. I'm sad that I'm actually not going to be at that game. But, you know, 6 o'clock tip. What, what, what are you thinking, guys? Can we not, you know, we not, I'm just asking again, can we not work around the biggest media personality in this state's schedule? I mean, do you not, do you not want me there? I bring, I, you, don't, you don't want I'm, that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're not going to be able to make it. Yeah. But I would much rather have the 6 p.m. start than like 8 you don't. You don't even cover men's basketball. What do you care? I do cover men's basketball. I'm. I'm covering them oh, tonight. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I cover them when I'm needed. All right. All right. All right. It's All right. a big I'll game. I'll let you slide. It's a big game. I'm. I'm yeah. covering for Starville Daily and for on three. Uh-huh. So on I will be there tonight. That's that new website that you work for. That is that new website. Yeah. Well, I won't be there, but one guy is going to tell us about it, like he was there. Let's go now to our one and only correspondent here on Thunder and Lightning, Future Brian. Thanks, guys. This is Future Brian reporting to you from the future. Before I say anything about Mississippi State basketball, obviously at this moment in the day, the guys don't know that Nick Saban is going to retire in a couple of hours. They don't know it. So they'll talk about it at another time is what I was told. Not, not on this show. I will not be delving into the retirement of Nick Saban. We're going to stick to our original task and talk college basketball. What a win for Mississippi State. 77-72 over the number 5 ranked Tennessee Volunteers. I haven't checked the score of this game yet. Let me see what's what, what, what's what here. But if, it, if, it, if it's... Okay, so... Xavier is, or sorry, UConn is beating Xavier right now, 76-62 as we speak. Four minutes left to go in the second half. They're the number four team in the country. The number one, two, three, and five team have all lost in the last 24 hours. Number one, Purdue, and number two, Houston lost yesterday. Today, number three, Kansas, and number five, Tennessee uh, lose. Great win for Mississippi State, to quote Rick Stansberry. Tolu Smith back in the starting lineup in a big way. 23 points, 7 of 10 shooting, and 9 of 12 from the free throw line. 
if Tolu is going to become a guy who can make his free throws, which was a huge issue for him last year, only 61%, I mean, he's just about unguardable at, at that point. Great night for him and a huge night for Josh Hubbard. Leads all scorers with 25 points. Um, I'm sorry, leads all Bulldog scorers with 25 points. 8 of 15 shooting, 5 of 10 from behind the arc. State only made six three-pointers in the game, so he had five of them. Um, a game that State led in the first half by as many as 15 points, and, and we're doing it despite getting dominated on the, on the, the boards again. But in the second half, it, kind of a weird game. Tennessee uh, has you know scores 50 points in the second half. But State gets back into it, and they actually get, the game actually finishes tied on rebounds, 33 apiece for both sides. State forced uh, 16 turnovers, but turned it over themselves 18 times. That's how Tennessee got back in the game was turnovers. Uh, they went to a full-court press down uh, coming out of the second half, and it really bothered Mississippi State. Uh, s- sort of an interesting game in that State has one player with 25, one player with 23. Tennessee has one player with 28, one player with 26. Nobody else in double digits for either squad. Cam Matthews is the closest for State with eight. Um, let me see if I can if I can pronounce his, his name. I can never Dalton. I think it's Connect. I think it's spelled pronounced like it's Connect. He had 28 points uh, for the Vols, and then Zakai Ziegler has 26 for them. Vescovi, one of the top players in the conference, bad night for him. Two points on one of four shooting. Uh, just not a great night for him. State got some some contributions from guys, though, away from the points. DJ Jeffries only four points, but six rebounds, five steals, and a block, a plus 11 on the night. Cam Matthews, I mentioned him, eight points. He had a couple of assists. He had two steals, uh, plus, plus 10 for him on the night. Just a really good night for, for Mississippi State. A huge win. Their, big, their first win over a top-five opponent since 2002. You know, they've had a lot of good wins between now and then. It's hard to believe it's been that long uh, for them. But after that loss Saturday, they needed the bounce-back win, and they got it. And now they're looking forward to a big game on Saturday against Alabama and what should be a packed house with all the students back in town. Uh, another chance at a quad one win for the Bulldogs. Just a great win. I mean, obviously Tolu Smith and, and, and Josh Hubbard are going to have to carry this team. They, they really could go for another guy stepping up, be it Matthews, be it uh, Shaq Moore. Shaq Moore only four points tonight, but he did five, five rebounds and a couple of assists. Um, but they, they've got to find one more guy they can rely on. You know, This time last year, all they had was Tolu. They, they couldn't even rely on anybody else. At least Hubbard has given them that second guy. But the, you worry with Hubbard being a freshman, you know, when we get into the next month of the season, is he going to be okay? Played 28 minutes tonight, so he basically played starters minutes. Um, he played more minutes than Shaq Moore did, who did start the game. I still I don't mind him coming off the bench, though. I, I think him coming off the bench is just fine. Provides that instant offense. Uh, maybe you can catch some mismatches out there with somebody else's second unit. I, I don't have a, a, a real problem with that. Tolu Smith, though, back in the starting lineup. Just a monster. Only four rebounds, though. That's that's kind of surprising. Just a, just a group rebounding effort. Nobody with more than six uh, for, for either team uh, in this game. Nobody really dominating the boards. Uh, so much in this one. So State led basically this entire game. They led 35 minutes uh, of of the game, led by, as I said, as many as 15, 35, 20, um, with just a before the last possession of the of the first half. Uh, Tennessee's last lead was at eight seven, and then they never got the lead back uh, in this game. They did tie it up a couple of times, but State able to hold on uh, 
They had, they had to hold on pretty tight there at the end, but get the win. Uh, maybe the most noteworthy thing other than the win is the arrest of one of the banana men who uh, are always at half court in the student section. I, I think it's a little overkill, right? They got the kid in cuffs going into the car. I mean, what's he going to do? He's going he gonna to hit a cop? He's probably already terrified that he's going to get kicked out of college. Like, why? Why? He didn't have. They didn't have to do that, in my opinion. I, 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 I understand. You know, I, I understand. You know, safety, and I understand trying to, to you know, discourage court stormings. I get that, but come on, man. We got to arrest this one kid who hit the, the who hit the floor with one second left on the clock. He he, he thought the clock was going to run out. I, I, I don't. I don't understand. So shout out to Brandon Walker who said he would pay the kids bail. And everything else, and my guess is he'll have his choice of lawyers uh, to uh, to 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 defend him if need be. Hopefully, nothing serious will happen with that. Just let the kid, you know, let him spend maybe ten minutes in the cell and just send him on home and be like, "Don't do it again." I think I think you know, lesson learned. Come on, let's let's hopefully have a little little compassion from the Mississippi State uh, Police Department. So, uh, what's the record now for Mississippi State? Twelve and three. They never have the records on on these things. I wish they did. Uh, get it right here. Just want to be sure. I'm pretty sure I'm right. 12 and three. Uh, next game Saturday, 7:30 tip against Alabama. Be on the SEC Network. Boy, if the Bulldogs can find a way to win that one, they will be in in really really good shape. Uh, going forward, we will see. We will see what happens. Great win for the Bulldogs, though, to, to knock down a top-five team. That's a quad one, obviously, and my guess is it will stay like that the rest of the way. I don't see Tennessee dropping uh, that much, regardless of, of anything. That's a, still a very good basketball team, but on this night, Mississippi State was just better. 77-72 is your final score from the hump. Uh, before we get back to the guys, we want to move into the rest of the show. That's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. Celebrate a big win like that means maybe you need a big steak. Mmm, I could go for a steak right now. I say that it's nine thirty at night. I am gonna. I am on the way home. Gonna get an oatmeal cream pie. Pour one out for Nick Saban. Uh, but if you want to enjoy a delicious steak this weekend, I highly suggest you do it. As do our fifteen thousand beef uh, providers here in the state of Mississippi. They do nearly a half billion dollars a year worth of agribusiness. That's big money, and you can help them out with a just by eating a steak. Imagine if I told you you could help me out by eating a steak. You'd do it, wouldn't you? Same thing here. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find the smoked southern soul food you're looking for. I'm going there today. Me and Robbie are going to go eat there today. What a great day! This is I'm just stacking dubs right now between Saban and, and Mississippi State basketball, and now I'm going to Two Brothers. What a great day to be alive. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, and you would be too if you were me. And you can be me. Next time you're in Starkville, just make a trip over to Two Brothers Smoked Meats, grab something delicious to eat, maybe you know, head there before the game on Saturday or the next time you're here, whenever that is. You've got to make a trip to Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Great products and great service is what every business likes to promise you. They deliver it to you at Advantage Business Systems. They've been doing it now for 49 years. Nearly a half century of helping out businesses around this state with great products, but more importantly, service after the sale. That's what everybody wants. Anybody can sell you something. I mean, I can just go onto any website and buy something, but who is going to take care of me when that thing goes wrong? Who, who can I trust to fix things in a timely fashion? 
You can trust Advantage Business Systems. And the reason I know that is because they've been open for 49 years. Nobody is, is staying open 49 years by neglecting their customers. I promise you that. So give them a call, 601-362-9192, or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. The Collegiate Collection at the Rogue, that's where your next pullover is or polo is coming from. Guys, it's going to be cold on opening day. Don't be out there unprepared. Get a brand new M over S polo or pullover from the Rogue. I would suggest a pullover for this one. Maroon and white, simple, stylish, M over S logo, not the size of a baby's head. You're going to look great when you buy a polo or pullover from the Collegiate Collection at the Rogue. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. Let's get back to the studio with present-day Brian and Robbie. All right, thanks to future Brian. We appreciate his time. Hopefully he delivered us some good news there, Robbie. Let's talk some football now. We, we kind of hit on this yesterday. We, we had a question in the rumblings asking about, you know, year one expectations and what to expect under Jeff Lebby and, and so on and so forth. And it got me thinking about, and this is something I've brought up a few times, is about year one at Ole Miss for Lebby when he was the offensive coordinator there under Lane Kiffin. And first and foremost, you know, because I think some Ole Miss fans are going to make this point, and I'm going to go ahead and get ahead of them. Lane Kiffin is a proven head coach and was a proven head coach when he took that job, right? He had won at Southern Cal. He had won at Tennessee his one year there. He had won at Florida Atlantic. So he was not an unproven commodity. Yeah. But even good head coaches can struggle in their first seasons at a program if they don't have you know the, the right system in place. And, and the right system, I think, makes it easier. And it's all about the system, especially prior to 2021, 2022. So basically, the, the la- Kiffin's first year at Ole Miss – it's kind of the last year where you could say, look, you know, the talent you have is the talent you have. And you got to do what you got to do with them. So, and this is the closest we can get to comparing anything for Jeff Lebby. I mean, agreed. Ole Miss is Mississippi State's rival. It's a very similar school, um, similar resources, although, you know, their fans would argue. Mm-hmm. But, and whenever Lane Kiffin took over and you know, in fairness, they're running this offense at that point. Mm-hmm. When he took over, they were coming off a similar stretch where they were kind of in rebuild mode. They had a coach that didn't work out. So this is the best that we can do to compare, you yeah. know, the possibilities for – we can't compare Oklahoma. Right. And I wouldn't call it even call it a stretch for Mississippi State, right? They had a bad season last year, but the year before they won nine games. You know, right. This whole Miss team that he takes over – had missed, you know, coming out of NCAA sanctions, had missed bowl games uh, in four straight years, 16 through 19. And, you know, the program needed the juice that the Lane Kiffin hire brought, but it would have been short-lived if they hadn't been successful. They were immediately successful. They're 5-5 five and five that first year. They won their bowl game. They had a count, a comp, one of their 10-game schedule was canceled, the game against Texas A&M. But they were 4-5 and five in SEC play. And... I mean that translates. It should translate at worst to eight and I mean probably an eight and four team had they played the non-conference schedule. Had we not gone through the COVID uh, rescheduling, I mean at worst seven and five. I don't know who their non-conference game was that year. I don't know who they were supposed to play in the Power Five outside. I, I don't. I kind of couldn't find that. I didn't look. But there was a, a you know they were a good team, but they were deeply flawed, and they're deeply flawed in terms of they were awful defensively, not bad, not mediocre awful. 
So you get you know we all but what do we remember about that team, Robbie? Is that they were really good offensively. And so let's look at those numbers. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. Ole Miss in 2019 was 81st in uh, total uh, in scoring offense. They they were you know middle of the I mean middle to lower of the pack in terms of scoring offense. They were averaging. Let me get that number again. I had it right here. They were averaging 26 points per game under. Matt Luke and Rich Rodriguez averaging 445 yards per game in in that year. The next year under Lane Kiffin and with Jeff Lebby as the offensive coordinator, Ole Miss was averaging 39 points per game and 555 yards of total of total offense. 14th in scoring and where were they in the uh, the world of total offense? Third. They went from, what were they the year before? I didn't look at total offense. They were, where'd it go? What's happening here? Why is that happening to me? Anyway, they, they added 100 yards per game of offense. They added 100 yards per game of offense. They went, I mean, I, it's difficult to get around that here. They went from, 26th to 3rd, they added 100 yards of game and 12 points per game. Two touchdowns per game. You're thinking, okay, th- those are great numbers, but gosh, State's going to be so bad defensively in 2024. 20, uh, I don't know that that's going to make a difference. Okay, well, let's, let's look at those numbers then, Robbie. In 2020, Ole Miss, in terms of yards per game defensively, was 118th. That's not right. I got that wrong. Hold on. Hold, please. I'm sorry. They were 127th nationally. In case you were wondering, in the year 2020, there were 128 FBS teams. Ole Miss was second to last in the SEC. I'm sorry, in the nation. In the nation. They gave up 519 yards per game. In terms of scoring defense, they were 118th. They gave up 38 points per game. So, Robbie, this is what I'm going to extrapolate from that, is that you know, do I expect State to be the third-ranked total offense next year? No. That seems high. 14th in scoring offense? That seems high. But I also don't expect Mississippi State to be the 128th-ranked defense next year. If State can find a way to be around 90 defensively and be around 30 offensively, that is going to lead to a successful first season for Jeff Levy. It's kind of like the baseball thing, right? Like, if they would have just been bad on the mound mm-hmm. last year, they probably would have made the NCAA tournament. Right. Just not even not even very good. Yeah, yeah. You're, you, had one of the, you had one of the worst seasons ever. That's kind of what happened to Ole Miss in 2020. It was one of the worst defensive seasons they've ever had, mm-hmm. and they went five and five and uh, four and five in an All SEC schedule and beat a top 25 Indiana team in the playoffs or sorry bowl game. So can this offense be close to what Ole Miss did in 2020? That's the question. Right? Can they average 36, 37 a game? Right. Ole Miss. Can aver- they be? Go ahead. 
can they be top 30 in the country? If you're top 30 in the country offensively next year, I promise you Mississippi State is in a bowl game. I promise you. And they're probably pushing for seven wins. Yeah. It's incredible to look at Ole Miss's 2020 season. They have two games, Robbie, where they scored 48 points and lost. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, state. you remember how bad State's offense was that year? I mean, State scored awful. 24. State scored 24, and Will Rogers set a Egg Bowl record for passing yards in the game. Yeah. You know what I've always said about that game? I've said it a, a, a dozen times, is that if Joe Moore, Joe Moore had been the coach, and you could have given me Garrett, Garrett Schrader and Kylan Hill, State wins that game by like three touchdowns because Ole Miss could not stop the run that year. And of course, yes. that's what Mississippi State did. They threw the ball. And even then, State had to fumble the ball going into the end zone for that game to, to turn out the way that it did. Ole Miss, and, and of course, in the 48, this is, a, this is a crazy stat too. Ole Miss versus LSU. LSU wins 53-48. So they lost by five. They, threw, they scored 48 points. Corral threw five picks in that game. Yeah, and they scored 48. I mean, they had just thrown three. They probably easily win that game. Um, well, look at look at uh, you know what they did last year or twenty twenty two against Arkansas when they yeah. they had rushed for or had like rushed for like five hundred yards five hundred yards and they lost and they lost forty two twenty seven yeah yeah so, I mean this team scored this is their scores that year Florida they scored thirty five and lost Kentucky they scored forty two and they won that game in overtime forty two points wasn't enough to win it in regulation. They scored mm-hmm. 48 against Alabama and lost. Scored 21 against Arkansas and lost. You might remember Corral had six picks in that game. That was a weird year for Corral. He threw 14 picks, but he threw 11 of them in two games. He was kind of – they were kind of breaking him a little bit. He like was hit or really, really, really miss with Matt Curry. Yeah. But you know what? That, to me – because he gives a ton of credit to Jeff Levy. And, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what people want to say, you know, Lane Kiffin is the head coach. He's in charge. I, I get it. But Jeff Levy was was a big part of Matt Corral's development, yeah. a huge part. And seeing what he took that year from, you know, kind of really raw prospect to a guy that was a legitimate Heisman contender and one of the best quarterbacks in the country that year, that was impressive. And a lot of credit needs to go to Jeff Levy for that. So yeah. that's another thing to look at is his his direction from that year to the next. But even even as wild as he was in a few of those games, the numbers the offense put up that year were incredible. Yeah. So continuing, they scored 28 in a loss to Auburn. Think about 28 points against Auburn. That wins this year. That beats Auburn for Mississippi State this year. If they, if they had scored 28, they win. Uh 54 against Vanderbilt, 59 against South Carolina that they needed. They, they gave up 42 in that game. 31 against State, 48 against LSU in a loss, and then 26 against Indiana. That was an Indiana team that was missing Michael Penix. He had gotten hurt and, and was not available for that game. Totally forgot Penix was the QB that year. Yeah, yeah. So that Ole Miss team averages 39 a game and gives up 39 a game. I mean, if Mississippi State can, you know, get average 31 a game and give up 28 a game, I mean, can they do that? I, 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 even with the, the struggles this, this this side has had in the recruiting part of things, I feel like that defense, I mean, they can they can keep it under 28 a game, don't you think? What do they give up this year? I, need, I guess I need to look at that. They still have, you know, some good talent out there. It's just... It's just the fact that we don't know what they're going to do because most of those guys have not proven anything. 
Right. That that's it's the mystery of it that is the issue for me. Mm-hmm. Is it's not that I don't think state has talent out there. I, I don't think that they're just bad players. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what they're capable of because most of them haven't played extensive snaps. Right. You know they have a ton of talent. Isaac Smith, Travion Williams, Calvin Dinkins. Maybe I'm maybe I am overestimating things, Robbie. This team gave up 26 a game. They gave up 26 a game, but I'm willing to say but on that. The gave, offense wasn't doing anything. Well, never mind that. Like they gave up what 41 and 40, 41 and 40 in the and 37 in the first five games. Right? They gave up, and then after that, what what was the biggest offensive game they had? I guess I gave up 51 against Texas A and L. But by and yeah. large, the defense was okay. I mean, as we have said, it ended up being okay. I think that, yeah, offensively, the fact that they could not stay on the field hurts the defense a lot. I think offensively, obviously, they should be better. It's just not... Mississippi State is not asking a ton of anybody to be a top 30 offense under Jeff Levy. And again, that is what his statistical record tells you he's going to be. And then to be a top 80 or 90 defense, that's enough to get to six and maybe even seven, if, if, if you're being honest. Yeah. You know, if they're as bad as Ole Miss was defensively a season in 2020, yeah, they, they might struggle because I don't think they're going to score at the same clip that Ole Miss did in 2020. But if they're just mediocre and they're just good offensively, not great, just good, that's going to be a formula to win football games. Yeah, that's kind of the key. I mean, just be a really good offense this year and hope that the defense can just get some stops mm-hmm. every now and then. That's kind of where it is right now. I, I don't think they're going to be as bad as Ole Miss was in 2020, but who knows? Right. Ole Miss, too, is playing an all-SEC schedule, so you have to take that into account. Right. It's like taking Mississippi State's conference-only stats, basically. Right. That's a good point. But, they're playing an SEC only schedule and they put up they were the third ranked offense in the country. True. You the flip side of that is the offense had they played a UT played, Martin yeah, or Mercer. Now you, I got to look. I they're probably look. they're probably averaging close to 43 points a game. You know. That that's kind of that's the that's the flip side of it is that offense could be significantly better from a numbers perspective had they actually played some of those teams. Okay, so here's who they would have played. They would have played. Oh, their first game would have been against Baylor. That might have that might have hurt them a little bit. But that's back. Well, that, that's that's good Baylor. Was Baylor good in twenty twenty? I'd have to go back and look. I mean, I know the next year they went to the Sugar Bowl, but so did sort of Ole Miss too. I guess that's one way of looking at it. Then they would have played Southeast Missouri, who they would have undoubtedly rolled up fifty points and six hundred yards on. No question, right? Yes. Um. Then they, their other game, UConn, they would have, that's a probably 50-point, 600-yard game. And Georgia Southern, I don't know what Georgia Southern was in 2020 or if they even played football, but Georgia Southern is, is a decent enough program that maybe they score 40 and, and 450, 500 yards, right? Baylor was terrible in 2020. Okay, then there you go. Then Maybe maybe they win that game. I don't know. They were 2-7. and seven. Ooh. Was that a random? That, that was that. You remember that? Remember, like, it was it was such an impressive turnaround. Yeah. I guess for Miranda because the very next year yeah, they were terrible. one of the best defenses in the country. All right, so yeah, and another thing to consider, as I think I, is that Levy and Kiffin are I I won't I'm, I'm not going to do that. Kiffin and Levy 
did this with the roster that they were handed. There was no transfer portal, really, at this point. The only real new addition they had was Kenny Yaboa. They were able to get him in and get him eligible. But by and large, they did this with players already on the roster. So when you look at what State brings back, plus the, the transfer quality of transfers they've been bringing in on that offensive side of the ball, I, I to go back to that, that question from yesterday's rumblings, I don't think it's unfair at all to have high expectations of this offense in year one. I think it can be, and, and, and I'm telling you right now, when I say high, I'm not saying top 10. I'm not saying top 15. I'm just saying a top 30 offense. I don't think that that's asking too much. It's not. And the numbers bear it out for Jeff Levy. He's done it everywhere. So until he proves that he can't do it here, I'm going to believe that he's going to have a really good offense here. Yeah. We said the same thing about you know Mike Leach when he came in. Mm-hmm. We, we knew that he was going to throw for a lot of yards, and he did. Yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't that you know it was the offense as a whole under Mike Leach was was ranked extremely high, and it it wasn't everywhere he was either. But the passing offense had the same kind of numbers everywhere that he was. So I'm going to expect that to be the case for Jeff Levy here. I don't expect him to have a top 25 offense or top 10 offense, especially. But I think he can be inside the top 40, inside the top 30. It's It's been successful everywhere. I have no reason to believe it won't be successful here. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Speaking of the transfer portal and some offensive recruiting. Well, State was able to buck a trend over the, the past weekend, and that was letting guys visit other places and then not, not get their commitments. They were able to do that uh, this past weekend with the commitment of Jacoby Jackson. I shouldn't say this past weekend. On Tuesday, uh, the commitment of Jacoby Jackson, offensive lineman from Texas Tech, I have been thoroughly impressed with Cody Kennedy and the job he's done bringing guys into the portal. I mean, he's brought in four potential starters for Mississippi State. I, and I would go so far as like McKaylin Pounders and Ethan Miner will be starters. And then we'll just see what happens with Jackson and with Marlon Martinez. But he hit, you know, there was a lot of talk from the Arkansas. Once again, Arkansas fans, man. That's just, they don't, they don't know ball. I hate to say, I, I feel like that's a big, you know, they don't, you don't know ball is the new butt hurt. It's a new thing that everybody says when they want to try to make fun of you. But yep. they don't. Like, this guy was a Broyles Award candidate under Kendall Bryles. They switched to Dan Enos. And not he. it's not that he sucked. It's that Dan Enos sucked and everything about him sucked. And they were worst. The, 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 well, you remember last year when we were making great. fun... We were making fun of them because they were saying that Dan Enos was going to be better than Kendall Bryles. He did say that, and that you know the program, and they and you know they they say like you know they should never lose to Mississippi State. Mississippi State's won eight of eleven. Like I, I, I'm just concerned, Arkansas people at this point. Yeah, uh, Kennedy's been really good, and whether or not his offensive line produces, we'll see. But so far, we've been given no indication that he's going to suck like mm-hmm. Arkansas people have said because yeah. he's coming here and he's gotten three guys that were getting recruited by other like mm-hmm. getting recruited hard by other SEC schools. Yeah. McCollum Pounders had a lot of SEC interest and in offers. Mm-hmm. Auburn was after him, Ole Miss was after him, Texas A&M. 
Um, Ethan Miner was about to take a visit to Arkansas, shut mm-hmm. it down, came to Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. And then Jacoby Jackson did go to Texas A&M mm-hmm. and Baylor. Mm-hmm. And I had heard over the weekend when he took that visit that Cody Kennedy was really – still really – he felt really good about their chances. Like mm-hmm. he was very confident they were going to land that kid. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot of confidence to believe you're going to land a kid when they've set up two more official visits. Yeah. But he felt good about it. So – I think this is this is really good for Mississippi State. I think you've got three starters right now in the portal. I, I yeah. think the I think Pounders, Miner, and Jackson are all going to be starting on the line for Mississippi State, mm-hmm. and that is great for business because you and have some other have pieces. A shot at one of those guard spots for sure. Yeah, you you've put yourself in position now. You have a lot of options here: Cannon Boone, uh, Albert Reese. Um, Bell, Leon Bell, mm-hmm. you have a ton of Leon options for this. Starting, I bet, I bet he's the right tackle. Probably. Yeah. So you're looking at one more spot, basically, and that's up for grabs for anybody. Yeah. So state is in a great spot on the offensive line right now, and you can't really be upset about anything on the offense at this point. No. I mean, you you can argue running, running back. back. That's you that's, can argue that, yeah. but. That we still have to see what's going to shake out there. There's going to be, there's still going to be the spring portal coming open. State does have some guys returning, and then they added uh, Johnny Daniels too. So they do have some options there that I think can help them out. You would like one more piece, but I'm not all that concerned about the running backs because another thing is I just don't think teams are going to be able to stack the box against yeah. you, there's going to be opportunities for those guys to eat up chunks of yards. This offense has produced some really good running backs. So it, it looks good on the offensive side of the ball, man. And we, we've we kind of, you know, drugged the defense through the mud. We've said what we need to say about the defense. Yeah. Today it's about the, the disparity of how good the offense has been in the portal and in high school recruiting to make sure that they do have that season like we, were t- we talked about where they can kind of offset some of the issues they have on the defensive side of the ball. I think that's a possibility this year with some of the pieces they picked up. And Jeff Webby said from the beginning, he doesn't expect this to be a rebuilding year. He does, he he expects to have a team, and especially an offense, that can come out and compete right away. And I think he's going to have a chance to do that. I agree. I agree. I think because of the way he coaches offense and the numbers his teams have put up in the past – they can overcome a poor defense, and, and you know that's like you you said it yesterday. This is what college football is now. It it really is about just outscoring your opponent. And I, and I know you're saying to yourself, "Oh, well, that's what it's always been about." Yeah, but when games are finishing twenty one seventeen, you're not talking about outscoring your opponents, right? That's not that's not the focus nowadays in college football. It's about putting thirty five forty points on the board and letting the defense kind of figure things out. So. We'll see if that all works out for Mississippi State. But like I said, the numbers if from the Ole Miss perspective are promising when you apply them to what you hope to you can see this year uh, in Starkville. All right, tomorrow we will hand out the Robbie Awards. Looking forward to that as always. Uh, I, I got to be tell, I think I, I texted you this yesterday, but it's like there's one football thing on that whole list. I, I, I've never seen one like that. I, Buki Watson, who looks like he's a, he's going to win Male Athlete of the Year, which I'm also surprised by. We'll, we'll see if the, the voting holds up. But the, other than that, I didn't have a single football-related thing in there. Not one. That's crazy. And it was rough. It, it was, was rough. a rough year, man. Yeah. Well, 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 let's get ready to celebrate it then on tomorrow's show.
Joe. <laughs> All right, for Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. If you see me staring at you, better not cool up. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.